0: are listening to WHOA Podcast, coming to you from Gainesville, Florida. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the WHOA GNV Podcast, the podcast bringing you businesses and individuals that make you go, whoa. Mike. Nailed it. What's up? <laughs> I don't have a really cool, long intro for Mike this morning. I feel like we exhausted that last time. Um, no, I actually, wasted the good one last Yeah, week. I mean, it was so good.
1: It was, such it was a good, good intro, fa- Father of scooters. I'm trying to get them to start calling me that around the shop. But yeah, fa- really taken father, father of scooters. Ms. Yeah. I mean, great. What's, what's up, man? Not much, man. How are you this morning?
0: Yeah, I know we were trying to decide whether it's July 2nd or August 5th. Yeah, we do August this every 5th. week.
1: So we, we get the release notes, and it's like, this is the record date. This is when it releases. What do you want to talk about? So I did get one little nugget for you while I was doing okay. my homework. Dude, I'm so proud of you. August 5th, which is the day that this episode drops, is National Work Like a Dog Day. So here's to all the hustlers out there.
0: All right, everybody better be working like working a like dog, dog today yeah. August August 5th, uh, that's great man, thanks for looking that yeah. up on the fly. I did it, I did it, <laughs> Uh It's funny because we just, we're, you know for those of you that know anything about our business right now, we are trying to get some content pre-recorded to get us through August because Again, if this is the first time you're listening to this podcast, this is actually not <laughs> a studio as much as it is a scooter business office. <laughs> That's what all these computers are on. This, this office will be insane um, during back to school time in August because our process change, which is kind of an interesting to talk about real quick. The process sure. changes. Tell tell everybody a little bit about how our process changes right. so at the shop.
1: Most of the year, we process everything over the counter. Uh, people come in; they they're interested in a scooter. We have a salesperson take them around the showroom, pick out the scooter that they need, do the paperwork right there. When it gets to the volume time, which is really the week of back to school, this office just basically becomes the full on admin side of things. We'll do we'll do all the sales in the showroom, and then as soon as you know you pick your you pick your scooter, you pick all your accessories, it kind of gets in a queue, and then we have a paperwork team that just operates out of this office, and they. Basically, par everything out, and then go get the customer. And they're processing like five paperworks at a time just from this office. Yeah, so it gets pretty wild. Which then, is actually a process that you started in the middle of like chaos. <laughs> like everybody, wait, everybody, wait. And he comes out with this giant whiteboard. He's like, "We're changing." <laughs> <laughs> so it's pretty funny. Dude,
0: that was that was crazy. I'll, I'll never forget that that moment right. because like I literally, everybody was starting to get super flustered. Right, everybody was starting to get flustered. There were so many people in the shop. We realized that we weren't gonna sell five scooters that day, but probably 25. Yeah, our previous high, high day
1: out. was 18, and yeah. that day we ended up selling 42 scooters, wow. I think.
0: Yeah, it was crazy. Yeah. But literally we came in and changed the process. In the middle of the day, I'm like, I'm like, everybody, stop. Here's here's the new process. I wrote it down on was it a whiteboard or It was like a 3M paper or something. This is the like, new process. This is what we're doing starting right now. <laughs> and then and then we made everybody come in early the next day to kind of go through that process again.
1: Debrief, rebrief. Yeah.
0: Uh, it, was it was good. good. Yeah. <laughs> Embrace and shape change. Uh, okay, there you go. Yeah. Core value yeah, four, baby. Chaos. Well, cool. Man, you know, I want to introduce <laughs> to you our amazing guest today. Are yes. you ready? I'm so ready. All right. Here we oh. go. Today. On the show, we have Jason and Alex, directors and co-founders of Power Production Management Incorporated. I was not even going to attempt their last name. I asked him if he
1: was ready to do the last names, and that's why, because he just decided not to.
0: (laughs) Just like, like, yeah, I'm gonna like, oh, so, so what's your last name? Smith. (laughs) Smith. (laughs) Dang, I can't believe I screwed that up. I could have said that one. It was Smith. Well, so, so, all right, you want to introduce yourself? Go ahead, introduce yourself. Jason Giannis. Okay. Alex Sokolov. All right, say, say yours one more time club. Yeah, but it Her starts glove. with a with a what? K. With, with a K, it but K, it sounds like an H. But it sounds like an H. Yep. I mean, you can see why a guy the, would get confused on the this. The K is silent. <laughs> yeah, the K
2: is silent. The only word ever in history. Well, guys, like, oh <laughs> well, wait, knockout, I guess. But
0: <laughs> and, and, I, and, I, co- hold and on, there's a lot of. of let's spend ten minutes on this. Subject. Need. Let's let's figure <laughs> this out. How many
2: silent Ks can you?
0: Night. Yeah. Okay, we're not going to spend the entire podcast thinking of those uh, guys. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks for Thank coming it was on. Awesome. Man. Thanks, it was for awesome. Thanks for waking it. up early with us. Yeah. You know, we, we're doing a morning episode after last week's <laughs> nighttime episode, <laughs> which gets re- still gets released at eight a.m. I think that's the interesting part of that night episode. It's still going to go out at eight a.m. on Monday morning. People are going to be like, "Wow, you guys are wired." <laughs> yeah, you guys are really wired that Monday. I had so much energy going. Hey. People can be like, I had so much energy going into that work that oh, there work you week. Go. That's a good way to look so, at it. <laughs> I don't know. We're gonna we're, we're we're still experimenting, trying to figure out which we because we want to accommodate our guests. Sometimes seven thirty is like really hard. This is is this early for you good. guys? Yeah, yeah. it's good. No, this is good for you. Yeah. It's good. All right. Cool. Definitely. I mean, maybe we just have to do both. Like, have like a time, and then just let the guests choose because we want we want the we want to be. Accommodating, you know, yeah, accommodating. Thank you. Yeah. It's like working for the word. I don't
1: know. That's, why <laughs> That's why you're
0: here. Your foil, always. Your foil. That's why here. Well, guys, uh, um, you've seen our format. What we like to do is like we like to dive into like the origin story first, right? Like really take us back, um, because and this is gonna be kind of interesting because now because now we have business we have business partners on the show. And we just got finished up wrapping up July, where we had husband-wife business partners. So there could be a little bit of a different perspective there with with business partners that aren't married to each other. And and I've had uh, you know I've been in multiple multiple business partnerships throughout the year with, with New Scooters for Less and with Guleho Coffee and now with Repaint. Mm-hmm. Um, so. You know, it's always an interesting subject, but I think it's 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 cool that we have two business partners here this morning. And but yeah, you guys take us back. Like, tell us your entrepreneurial journey and what led to the creation of your company. Who wants to go first?
2: I'll let you take it. <laughs> it all started back in. Uh, <laughs> so, um, Alex and I met each other back in uh, 2007 or so, and uh, we were working together at State Materials office, and. Uh, at the Department of Transportation here, doing engineering work. So, I was training him on uh, some equipment, and after three days of working together, he said, "Hey, man, do you want to go into business together?"
0: Really? Yeah, I after swear. After three days. After three days. It was four <laughs> it was days. Two. I don't do three days. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> so um, the rest is history. Here we are. I
0: mean, that 12 was 12 years late.
2: Literally, that was it. No. So uh, no. <laughs> so I'm like, hey. I was like, "Yeah, that would be really cool." And uh, I had dabbled in some businesses before, you know, around graduation, and um, I had recently graduated about a year ago, a year before, and so we had a couple different ideas for, well, he had a lot of different ideas uh, for businesses, and I had already been engaged in one, but we were gonna do a tinting company. It was one of my horrible <laughs> ideas. <laughs> Where we wanted to, it was actually kind of cool. We wanted to build a, a tinting company that had pre-cut uh, tint cutouts for different cars. You know, you could order it, we'd order it, ahead. We'd bring our van out to the workplace, cover the whole car with this thing and extend it out, we designed it and everything. And then we watched the guy tent a car and we're like, no, nah, I don't wanna do that. <laughs> we
0: are watching him like, in the
2: back seat, dripping sweat off of his legs, our, and we're like, nah, let's, let's do something else. So we got Next. into something even more sweaty and, and dirty. Right.
3: <laughs> uh, one thing worth mentioning is the name of the potential tinting company. Oh good. <laughs> we're gonna call it nice tints! Exclamation <laughs> point. Yeah, nice tints.
2: <laughs> I love it. So we, we killed that idea, and then we had a couple other ones. I don't, I don't remember the other ideas, do you?
0: Dude, that would. I mean, that'd be a great hashtag. I'm just, just uh, thinking about it. It
2: was awesome. I mean, it, it would have. There's we, still time, guys. There's We'd be still millionaires time by now. If if we're in mixed reactions right. to when I, when, I, when, I, when I tell this the name on. Some, yeah. Yeah, you guys liked it. That was good. Some people get really offended. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean by that?
1: Um, <laughs> what do you mean? It's self-explanatory. <laughs> so, Our tents uh, are nice.
2: So I had gone to school for engineering and I, I wanted to build a uh, solar-powered air conditioner. And I had a partner that we were looking at doing that and uh, we had an investor and all this stuff and it fell through and that's what led me to get the job at the State Materials office. So we had this consulting firm where we were doing solar. and so I was like, hey, let's let's look at this thing, because after that we were just, didn't really know what we wanted to do, and he was like, yeah, let's look at the solar thing, so. So wait, you were just consulting? Yeah, what, like, as, well, as I was As a side working, hustle, or what? Yeah, it was like, I, I put it on hold because of an investor dropped out that was gonna finance the company, and I was completely broke, and I had a couple jobs at the same time, and I was, I didn't want to go to work as an engineer somewhere, because I knew that once I got into that work, zone that I was going to be kind of stuck there for a while and I'd probably get comfortable with a nice salary and all that stuff so I I wanted to be a little uncomfortable for a little bit longer uh, and see if something would come out of it so and it actually did it was pretty it was pretty cool um, but what, I did and so
0: what year was that
2: that was uh oh seven okay so we started working on some solar stuff together and we we went for this really ambitious project it was like a eight million dollar Thing. we'd never done solar before so we got all these people together this in-kind contribution of uh, from different professors and engineers to bid on this project um, we were working you know eight to 12 hours a day at the Department of Transportation then we were working four or five hours a day on this thing after work and uh, somebody had found the thumb drive that had this information on it and Alex and I didn't really have great friends at the DOT um, and somebody printed it out and brought it to the boss and said, hey, look what these guys are working on. And they're using comp- they're using state time to work on this personal project. And we both got <laughs> fired over it. It was crazy, it was crazy. Like they had no proof, they just had a printout that had our names on it. And they're like, we gotta let you go. So, uh, So that day we were this is all I actually told this recently, that day we were leaving, I was, I was distraught. I was like, how am I gonna tell my mom? This guy was seasoned at getting fired or something, I don't know. <laughs> he was like, thank you very much, goodbye. <laughs> and I'm like, oh my God, what am I gonna do? What am I gonna tell my parents? This is like my first job out of college and stuff. And, and uh, so I remember we are going home, and it was so weird. We were going to my, ha- my apartment at the time to talk, and I, I always remember this, it's so strange. Just, I looked over and I saw a $10 bill Rolling like end over end, like a, we- it like a so weed, sp- it was so weird. Yeah, it was like, I was like, Whoa, look at that! and I grabbed it, and I was like, That's a good sign. And then, uh, you know, we've been in business since then, it was like 11 years ago, 12 so years ago.
1: What did you do that pissed that person off? I have to know. <laughs> the, like oh, this, guy, on you.
2: <laughs> this guy came in with the, the know it all attitude, and he was working on this equipment, he was doing I thought really- the cause was the uh you
3: know knowledge and yeah, serving the, taxpayers yeah
2: serving the the customer which is the taxpayer of florida with proper data collection was his job and he found that it had been improperly collected for like 10 or 20 years or something crazy um the reality is <laughs> i uh, have not presented the issue correctly
3: i just threw it out there hey guys <laughs> you've been doing this wrong for 30 years and <laughs> you're about to retire on something i don't know you left something years. out I can't believe I found
1: it in two weeks.
2: <laughs> Something you've been doing wrong for thirty years.
3: Oh, <laughs> Fresh man. perspective
1: is so important. I didn't yeah. actually say it that way, but
2: it may have co- come across. That's that how it was received. So all of a sudden, within a few weeks, uh, we weren't working there anymore. So after that, we uh, we did we we dove into solar. We we started working um, with my old partner. We got into that the consulting thing. We worked with a couple contractors locally and. Uh, helping develop their sales on commercial and residential photovoltaic at the time. It wasn't uh, it wasn't big like it is now, the solar electric. It was uh, all thermal systems like hot water collectors and pool heating systems mm-hmm. and things like that. So we went with some of the, the, the contractors that were selling thermal systems and helped develop their electric side of the business. And within that first three months, we did something close to like 800,000 in sales and we are like whoa, like high-fiving, jumping, made a really nice chunk of money and then then the uh, economy took a dump. Something to be yeah. said
3: about Gainesville. <laughs> um, I grew up in Moscow and uh, lived in Baltimore for a little while and then in Orlando, uh, having more of a big city experience. And then we started this and I remember the first customer writing us. So what brought
0: you to Gainesville then?
3: Uh, well the job, I was actually relocated for the job that oh, okay. Jason was talking about. Okay. Uh, we actually were contracted out of University of North Florida but located at the State Materials Office, so we're, we're, we're both uh, researching for the UNF. At okay, the time. so that
0: job brought you here. Yeah, that's cool.
3: And so I remember the first uh, customer, first commercial customer, wrote us something in the ballpark of two hundred thousand dollars, and hands over a check and goes, "Well, if you screw up, I'll break your legs." And I was like,
2: "I love Gainesville. <laughs> I love Gainesville, <laughs> just like Russia. <laughs> this is impossible."
3: You know, so he meant it too, uh, and we
1: didn't awful. screw up. <laughs> <laughs> set of stuff on the nice start there yeah so was that your prime was it mostly commercial or was there any residential at that time or there's
2: yeah, yeah there was a little residential but we were we kind of stumbled into a couple commercial deals that that they were larger so um, how do you stumble into two hundred thousand dollars it was I've crazy. been trying to do that this for a is long actually time. a crazy story too at the apartment um that I lived at the landlord I talked to him a bunch of times and, we, he, he's like, oh, my friend was talking about solar. Call this guy. It was so crazy. I called the guy, and a week later, the guy bought a $250,000 system from us, just from like a 10-minute conversation with my landlord. I'm still friends with this guy today, the, both of them, the customer and the landlord.
0: Do they want a $250,000 scooter?
2: <laughs> can you make one?
0: <laughs> yeah, I'll figure that out. Are there, <laughs> di- are there diamonds involved? In-
2: <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> cool. Hey, we can get a... Cold thrust, they're held. Held, So yeah, literally just fell in our lap, and it was you know we gave him the presentation, and uh, he, like within a week he was like, yeah, this makes sense, let's do it. And you know at the time there was a state rebate, there was you know the tax credit. He was just uh, developing a new office space, so he was renovating the whole thing. GRU at the time had a rebate, so even though the cost was really really high, the at the time the the rebates brought it down to almost as good as the cost
0: is today. So the cost is lower now. Okay, so um, take me back a little bit. The tent idea. (laughs) This was before? He he just got the joke. You got fired?
2: (laughs) This was, was, yeah, this was before. So when we were still working together, we were talking about going to business. When we were still working at the... So you were still working there? Yeah, we were still working there.
0: so 2007 you got fired? Yeah. Started a new company. Mm -hmm. Did 800,000 in sales in three months. Mm -hmm. And how long, like when was it in 2007? Like, how long was it before, like, when you started and then the economy tanked and you're just like, like, what, well, ha- like, did did that affect you at all? Yeah, I mean, we had about
3: a year. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, because we thought we can expand out and kind of duplicate our idea, you know, how it goes. And through that, and then we get sliced at, at our knees right at that growth stage, yeah. kind of. So uh, it wasn't interesting. So you had to, like, just reel it back? Yes. Okay. Substantially.
0: Okay. Well, it wasn't. By choice, it was like. Well, how were you yeah. planning on on growth?
3: Well, we were gonna uh, set up an office in Orlando at the time. We hired a sales. We did team. set up an
2: office in Orlando. Oh, you did. Yeah, we set we we did more. You know, we got in, into uh, a long term lease and all these things, and we've developed a few projects out there successfully. Um, and then it was just like boom, nobody was buying anything. You know people were we were even doing door to door campaigns and people were like sla how many people face. were working with
0: like with you at that time or for you
3: at the time when we were going door to door everybody was gone it was just two of us okay yeah we're um it was it was like ghost town um, nobody was out going to work nobody was yeah. driving
0: but when you were gonna expand to Orlando, did you have team members working with you? yeah we Initially. Had, how, how many a people? couple guys we okay, had a couple okay. sales
2: guys because we were working with with contractors so we were kind of like the sales arm that would have, that would bring them jobs and their crews would install it. We were still working on the design and the engineering and all this other stuff um, but we weren't initially doing those installations but once we did the expansion we were doing, we were involved with the installation. Alex and I would would be actually working on those installations ourselves. So yeah, we were pretty spread thin at the time. So I remember knocking on somebody's door and offering him
3: some (laughs) savings. I think I said, hey, you can save $30 a month if you just switch over to this. And they're like, I lost my 401k, I lost all of my pension and my savings and my house. I don't care about $30 a month. They
2: just slammed the door in my face. Yeah. So that
3: you, have a nice day.
0: (laughs) Solar was a tough
2: sell back in uh, 08, 09. Yeah, so what did you do to get through it? We just kept working. I don't know. I mean, we didn't. Obviously, you don't know how how bad the problem is, right? When that happened, you don't. You you know, you you think that stuff's going to bounce back. You don't know what you need to do. We just kept working. We didn't know how bad it really was. We didn't. You know, we were young. We didn't have our pulse on the industry yet. We didn't have our pulse on the global economic situation. Um, You know, just think. I mean, 12 years ago, how different the internet was and you know, Twitter didn't even exist, and like, you know, Facebook was still very young. And uh, so the, the news and the way that you got information was a lot different. And so we just kept working. We, we worked with, we had to leave one contractor because he stopped paying us our commissions. And we went, worked with another guy. Um, we developed his whole division, uh, sold a bunch of commercial stuff, or we did a few commercial jobs, a bunch of residential jobs. Alex and I were installing them personally. Uh, with other crew members. We were selling them, we are packaging them. We were, we were doing everything, 100%. And uh, that guy also ended up screwing us over. Worked with another guy, he did the same thing. One guy uh, got us to get credit with a company. We got like $50,000 of materials for a project and he just didn't pay us for it. Dang. He's like, I'm just not gonna pay you. <laughs> we're like, we tried to sue him and we ended up only getting 20,000. It was just like, just these things kept happening. A lot of things like that. Um, and do you think it was because of the economy for them too, or like, well, like mm, why? No, I think it was just, those were just personality traits. I think yeah, some terrible, of the people, they were just bad terrible people. Values. Yeah, and um, so after you know, the, the third guy, I ended up getting, we were like, we gotta get our own license. We have to be completely licensed and, and build this company ourselves. So that's when we started Power Production Management was the beginning of 2009 and out of you know getting screwed over by three different contractors, losing a lot of money. Um, I mean, one guy, we were basically supporting him with like a $10,000 a month salary <laughs> that this guy was taking out of the company. We didn't know about. We were just, Alex and I were working, for, like paying ourselves like 10 bucks an hour to get a bonus at the end of these jobs, and we find out the guy's like wiped out his bank account. And at the end of the job, we asked for like a couple thousand dollars. Like, there, there's no money in left. What are you talking about? And we just worked for like a month sleeping in like flea bag motels to save money on the project and get as much out of it. Um, so that was the last oh straw gosh. for us. And we, we built the company. And then um, once we started the company, it was in February 2009. We didn't get a sale for, uh, for six months. And, and so in the meantime, that was like all developing, building, living as cheaply as possible, um, having issues with rent and other things. And we both went and got other jobs to support it. You know, I actually delivered for, uh, what was it at the time, Gator Food, mm-hmm. um, did, did food delivery. I drove a I was town with, car. He drove a town car. There was days that this guy actually drove a car or he paid for the car, because he didn't get any fares. Um, so you yeah. know, that's how we were working. And just staying as living as cheap as possible. Yeah, okay, but then, so was
0: this something that you guys had become passionate about then? Through that, because I mean, it sounded like very early. I mean, you guys were talking about tent ideas <laughs> and other things. I mean, were you guys like l- looking? Maybe this isn't like, it. <laughs> like yeah, like were you like looking for a? a you know, a business like, hey, I want to own a business, or was it like very much like, dude, like there's a real opportunity here, or or it's just something that you just naturally became passionate about, and you're like, this is this is what I want to do with the rest of my life.
3: For me, it was a combination of things. One was the pride, like if we started something, we better succeed at it, and the other one was um, a genuine passion for the industry and the concept itself as okay. well. Okay. Yeah, but I'm not mm-hmm. gonna not gonna sugarcoat it. To me, it was. um a big pride issue as well. Like if we're not gonna fail at this, we
2: know it works. You know, we can make it work. I just assumed life sucked. <laughs> <laughs> so just keep doing it. Uh, you'll eventually,
0: get, you'll get out of just it. Just a mindset yeah. of like you'll get
2: through. I mean, it's no. Good. I, I think it was more with me. It was. It sounded very
0: much the same for you. Like very much a perseverance. Like it was we're perseverance. Gonna make this work. I,
2: I was raised to to work hard and to keep moving and um, go after things. But it was, I don't know, I, I think with me, I always knew that, and I think Alex always knew this too, that we always each had a backup plan if we wanted to. Like, to me, it was, that was like my going and just working as an engineer, having a degree in engineering, and then going to get an engineering job, to me, was failure. And and that was like, and I'm not saying to anybody that that's a failure to do that. Uh, in my mind, that meant that I failed at, at pursuing business. And... I always thought it was interesting that I chose to go into business because I, there was just something about, it. I, can't, I can't put it into words, it was like, I just, it's just something I had to do. When I was in school, I was like, I don't want to just go sit in front of a computer all day and be an engineer, I want to I do something for myself. You know, starting work young, having bosses, Alex started very young having a lot of bosses,
0: knowing that I don't want to have bosses. I think that was a big part of it. So when you guys finally decided that you're gonna do your own thing and like stop working with all those people that were screwing you over, I mean, had you know what was I guess what was that like? Because it has the that was 2009. You said. Mm -hmm. I mean, from an economic standpoint, I don't I don't really remember things. things 2009 was was terrible. (laughs) It was terrible. (laughs) Which, you know, as we're growing and looking into, it's funny. Real quick, like the reason I keep going. On, on the economy thing, right? This is something that is is so big that that people seriously like lose sleep over.
1: Yeah, <laughs> like course.
0: like right now, everybody's kind of like, man,
1: it should be happening. Should be happening. I can't tell
0: you how many times I hear, oh, this should be happening anytime. Yeah. Like everybody's kind of looking at their watch, and, yeah. and people stop making like stop stop taking risks and stop doing yeah. a lot of things because they're worried that everything's going to come tumbling down. And you know, and I and like I don't, it, it, you know, for me, it's a little bit interesting because I think we're in. I don't want to say a lucky situation, but the the when the economy crashed, uh, we weren't affected. Well, you're you we're know more isolated. Yeah, yeah. Like think about it. Like I mean, we, I, you know, I tell people ask me about like oh the, the the economy hurt you. Actually, I would say it benefited us.
1: Yeah. Um, you know, we're more people we're are in, saving money on gas. And, yeah. Like, yeah I mean, looking we were, for economic transportation, gas yeah. went up to four dollars a gallon. Yeah. Like, yeah, I mean, people, people, people had these giant gas guzzlers yeah. that couldn't afford it anymore. Like, let so me get a scooter. Hey, yeah, yeah, you go from <laughs> a five, five mile a gallon to eighty to hundred miles a gallon. Yeah.
0: Like our sales definitely went up because everybody's fear and you know, talking about gas prices, oh my gosh, gas prices are gonna be five dollars a gallon, everybody was buying scooters and like mm-hmm. I mean that was good for I guess if there was one bad thing, there was probably like twenty five competitors. It's like every right. every gas station on the corner was selling scooters at that point, you know? Mm. Um, so pet boys. <laughs> <pat, pat laughs> boys. Good job there. Um, you know, it was like crazy cr- crazy things like that. But the one thing that never changed was the University of Florida. I mean, we had, you know, we knew that there was going to be students coming in the fall. We yeah. knew that they were still going to be having the same parking issues and same. And so, so we we counted on that and and it, it did ended up working out just fine for us. But it's, I don't know, that's why my mind keeps going back to the con because I think a lot of people are still, like, even right now, there's just a lot of buzz. You know, mm-hmm. when's this thing? What's happening? What's what's next? And, um, I don't know. So, I was, I don't know, just kind of interested in, yeah. in that. And, you know, so it sounded like you guys just kind of grinded through that, got through that fine. When did things really start to turn around?
2: Well, like I was saying, you you don't really, you never know when it's gonna start getting better. So we just, I think that's where the perseverance came in. It was, maybe we knew that it wouldn't be like that forever. Maybe, you know, we did did still have the taste of those first few sales, even though this was like two years later now, or a year and a half later. Uh, So we knew that people wanted it. We knew it was a good thing. We knew what we were doing was something good. And we knew that it was building momentum, and that it was
0: becoming more massively adopted on the on a global scale. Real quick, uh, sorry, this is what I was talking about earlier before the episode. When I said my ADHD brain would start going. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> um, the you said you had an investor mm-hmm. that decided to pull out mm-hmm. or, not, or not invest. Right? Was that during the economic? That had nothing to do with it. it that was just a
2: disagreement it. over terms of the okay. contract. Okay. and cool. I was um, just curious. Yeah. So. Uh, That guy actually got me started in my first business, so I always thank him. He was a pretty incredible guy named Robert Elmore down in South Florida. He started, he was like 92 years old when he passed away and he he started me in business when he was like 88 and uh, got me into the indoor air quality thing. Hygienic okay. air handler and things, but he was a, one of the first guys that did paved roadways in South Florida, like paved driveways okay. in South Florida. Oh, so cool, that's cool. how old he is. So that that's where he made his money doing, you know, rock quarries down in South Florida where he paved driveways. So interesting. Give cool. him a shout out. Shout, shout <laughs> out. Sorry about that. <laughs> that's good. Andy. Where on. were we? What year? No, we're we're so we? just getting through
3: the tough times. Uh, one of yeah, thing the things to be said time. about that is, uh, like our families. I think you know something to reflect on. Look at my wife. My um, parents—they were extremely supportive. Um, Although my parents were remote, you know, just having that kind of faith in in you as an individual, like, really helps you get through. So, uh, and I happened to be married young uh, when I was 19. So my wife has been awesome through the whole process, very supportive through. And there was a point in time, you know, when I was actually evicted from my apartment. I was like, "Well, there's no money to pay rent." So, (laughs) honey, we're we're gonna get served, that was a really crazy time.
1: Yeah, did you ever think about going back to Moscow?
3: Yeah, uh, you know, um, I never, never thought of that, but there were some job offers on the table, like Jason said, we, like, there was always that little leverage in the background, like hey, you can always just give up, you know, right. take a job, and it's actually a nice one, too. So,
2: yeah, the worst case scenario wasn't necessarily that bad. There's, you know, there's always something that you can do potentially.
0: So what kept you from not pursuing, like getting the job? You just, you just, just bought, you just love this idea so much. You're like I'm gonna make this work. I'm gonna do this. Like let's yeah, go.
3: Yeah, I, I had faith in the concept. I had faith in kind of further development of the industry. I had faith in my business partner. Um, there was no reason to quit. You just had to like, keep going. So they were not good enough for you. You were about reasons. to be kicked out of
0: your house. <laughs> I, did. I did. I did get kicked <laughs> did out of my
3: house. Out. Okay. Yeah. So, it wasn't like violent or anything, you know. Police officer came and said, hey, I'm so sorry, you're getting a victim. I'm like, okay, well, I'll be out of here in 24 hours. He goes, okay, cool, you know. So, that that was it. Dang.
0: That's wild. Yeah. And he just moved. So, but, so, I mean. Found a cheaper and place th- and moved. Okay, so he found another place, moved, I mean, you were yep. able to, able to get in. Takes my credit over the next decade. Yeah. <laughs>
2: yeah,
0: I mean, I mean, these are serious things. I mean, that takes a hell of a lot of confidence in yourself to be willing to do that because ninety nine point nine 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 percent of people are gonna go take the nice job, right? I mean, it's just they are, or ignorance. <laughs> well, it's a matter of choice. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Most entrepreneurs are I mean, like we're like, you know, here we are. We're like
3: it's a matter of choice and personality. I wouldn't blame people necessarily for making a different choice. It's just it was right for me at the time and for I, us.
0: I think
2: we had gone through so much crap with the other stuff, and we were like this. He got evicted right before we started PPM, but we were going through so much and we had been involved in you know we'd worked on these projects together we were learning i mean we were learning the solar industry we we're learning how to do these installations from the ground up there were no youtube videos showing like installations or, or installation practice or workmanship or anything like that it was it was very very primitive at the time so we were you know learning on the fly coming up with stuff from installation manuals that weren't even really they were just like kind of told you what it's supposed to look Learning like.
3: Learning and inventing. Yeah, there were no standard practices in the industry. Nobody even knew about it. Every time you applied for a permit for a solar system, people would say like, what is this? Where yeah. is that pool you're heating? No, this makes electricity. What do you mean?
2: Yeah, we literally had inspectors show up and say, where's the pool this thing's heating? What? we're like, <laughs> like what? Like it generates electricity. was like, what? You know, they, they've never seen it before. I just don't think this thing works. We don't attach these wires. Oh no, thanks. So, so after that, we were fine. I think we we're, you know, looking back, it's it's easier to identify some of these things when you're looking forward or you're in the situation. It's hard to see why you're doing certain things unless you have a really strong conviction to do it. But I think now looking back, one of the things that kept us moving once we started the company is that we just started our own business. We just got screwed by a bunch of guys, and now we weren't going to take that anymore. So it was like, this is our opportunity to run. To do exactly what we've been doing, but all the benefit goes to us now, and we, we have full control. So I think that was one of the things that kept me moving after, even though the economy was really bad in '09 and um, you know, we were still having trouble, we, we just worked really hard. I mean that's: the So way it when is. did
0: you guys feel like
2: oh, okay, <laughs> sigh
0: <laughs> of relief. We, like, we, um, made it, we made it through like, two years ago,
2: and then okay. And then, uh, <laughs> and then lost a sigh of relief a year ago, and then are regaining it, so that sigh of relief comes and goes, I think, sometimes with, with different businesses, but um,
3: I don't know. You, We're always reinvesting and growing as fast as humanly possible. We, as I've said, we, we haven't had angel investors or capital, or we essentially financed ourselves through our own projects, right? Our customers built us who we are today. Um, so not having that. How uh, big is
0: the company today?
3: It's about five million a year. Okay. And it's about thirty employees.
0: Okay. And they're all here.
3: Yes, they're okay. all here in Gainesville awesome. currently, except for one. But
0: um, yeah, yeah, we have. I mean, so was it the the thing that happened with you know with the crash Orlando backing out? I mean, is that what really kept you guys in Gainesville? And you're just like, all right, we can do this from here, or you know, I mean, have you thought about branching out? Other places, or are you? I mean, I think that's what's kind of great about Gainesville. I always tell people, I'm like, dude, we're like an hour and a half from everything, two, yeah. hour, two hours from everything. Yeah. You know, if you want to go to Tallahassee, you can. But like, you know, but you got Jacksonville, St. Augustine, <laughs> Orlando, Tampa. I mean, like, you know, it's it's right there.
2: We've, um, yeah, we. One of the reasons we came here is because Gainesville was like a solar hub in the southeast. It was it was the first place they did a feed-in tariff in the country, so. That's, uh, you know what the feed-in tariff is? It's nope. when, it's, when the, it's basically when the utility buys power directly from you. So if you put a solar system on your roof, it doesn't go to the building, it goes directly to the utility, they pay you a tariff for it. Gotcha. So they were paying a very high rate and it was a very successful program. Um, and that was one of the reasons we stayed here because there was all this pro-solar sentiment. And, and as far as you know, Central to North Central Florida, Gainesville's this little oasis that has this very progressive mindset you know there's a lot of people that want to do solar here and and surprisingly though we didn't really get any work here even though we were established here we were doing work everywhere else in the state because the feed-in tariff got oversubscribed and uh, people there there was no uh, capacity available so <laughs> even though we were located here we ended up doing stuff all over the state
0: okay Cool.
2: but yeah then we stayed. i mean it is still very progressive when it comes to to solar power and uh, you know most people are in gains not most but i would say a lot of people here are pro solar you know renewable sustainable
0: cool so what's next like where like where are you guys heading right now
2: well we are doing projects all over the southeast right now so we haven't necessarily you know we have a small branch office in uh north of orlando but that's more of a sales uh, location. We, on a commercial side, we're doing projects all the way up to to Washington, D.C., down, you know, all the way down to South Florida. So we we do have a footprint throughout the Southeast. Um, As far as what's next, just keep developing our company, keep, you know, getting more efficient, and once we get more efficient, grow a little bit more.
0: That's cool. You know, we, again, we just kind of came off the an entire July of husband-wife business owner podcasts. I mean, you guys. You know, I heard him say, you know, like one of the things that got me through was a really, really strong partnership. You know, like, I mean, what has been you know from a from a partnership standpoint, like, you know, what are I guess what are the challenges? Like, what are y'all's different roles in the organization, and then what are the what are the challenges? I mean, do you guys offset each other pretty well, and. I'll let him answer that one.
2: (laughs) (laughs) And then I'll answer. Well,
3: all the way from the start, I think we had a similar mindset. um, Specifically focused on growing the business the right way. We had certain value set that we shared, and we have pretty dramatically different personalities, tastes, you know. However, that very fundamental, direction of of business development, treating the customers a certain way, treating our employees a certain way, and making some decisions with respect to how we develop our business. Um, We agree on, and we can rely on each other to make those decisions uh, on each other's behalf, even when we're not there, so I think Some say the definition of partnerships or teams is people that make each other look good. Hard to disagree. Sometimes people say that definition of partnerships are complementary skill sets. Also true. But I think what what made us work really well is the fact that our decision making is so similar that we're almost redundant in global decision making, where we know we can trust each other to develop certain areas of the business, knowing that we generally would agree with where we're going, and that takes so much time saves so much time uh, mm-hmm. it takes so much time out because I know if Jason made a decision ninety nine point nine nine percent of the time it's it's going to be a good one I'll agree with it, and I think it it would be vice versa It might not
2: be a good one, but you'll probably agree
3: not to not to take away from healthy deliberation and you know
2: yeah uh, it's not a it's not a full redundancy I mean there are there are just Discussions and debates and there's things that we don't agree on pursuing necessarily but I think I, I actually agree with that it's a very well put um, it's kind of like we have built in rules that we never really discussed it's just things that I, I guess our moral compass or something like that that lines up well um, so we know that you know I know if Alex makes a decision it's in the best interest of the customer of the company of ourselves it's not there's no shady thing going on, like I know that. And he knows the same about me. He knows if I'm making a decision, it's in the best interest of all of us and the customer. So I think that was just something that we kind of innately knew. And uh, it could have developed maybe from- As a survival the, mechanism. <laughs> survival mechanism, we had to do that stuff, we had to stand out. Uh, but I think it was just part of our upbringing, you know, just to, to do what's right. I think, I think doing what right, what's right is a big deal. Because I've heard a lot of horror stories of partners that don't do the right thing, and and I'm just it's it's strange to me to hear those types of things. Okay,
0: and you said you're you're 50 50 partners, Mm -hmm. correct? Right. So like, are you co like do you like do the co CEO thing, or do you like have kind of? We we We
3: instituted essentially a uh, yeah equal directorship, so there's technically no CEO. Okay. It's a board of directors of two.
0: Okay.
2: And so he pulled veto power on me. I was thinking about it the other day. <laughs> I wanted to work with this guy to do some marketing thing. <laughs> He's like, "I don't like that guy, veto or something." I don't. I didn't remember what he said, but I was like, "Are you serious? Really?" And I just I called the guy. I was like, "Yeah, I so can't do I, it." I, <laughs> I can't. We Sorry. have a status quo prevalence.
3: Status quo <laughs> relevance, which means in the event if some new decision is being made, the existing pattern has to prevail. <laughs> so we always have the veto power if something is completely out of whack. So we. Um, that's that's essentially the dispute resolution procedure if you will okay if
0: and it's if very we, if rare, we right?
3: disagree yeah, it's probably three or four times in the last 20 12 yeah. years if if we like strongly disagree and can't agree on something whatever the institutes the most change loses
1: interesting
0: whatever Institute institutes the most change mm-hmm. loses yes right there'
2: some radical idea that you know that I which I, don't, I can't even think of if you're example. If you're
3: driving a car at high speed and you want to take a turn, you know, then the sharpest turn is the one that doesn't get taken.
0: Gotcha. So the
2: car doesn't flip over. That's a good analogy.
0: It's a good analogy. <laughs> I was He's got involved. good analogies. Yeah. And so you threw it out on the veto card because This guy was, was smart, like shady was, or what? Like, no, it was gonna be a sharp the idea was turn, that? he throws down it the might, veto yeah, card.
2: It, it may have been and a sharp so turn, yeah. automatically it's like, And I was more like, let's just do something. What if you guys don't
0: don't agree on how sharp the turn is? We're getting meta here. (laughs) (laughs) I'm I'm just trying to understand. Then we'll probably yell at each other
2: and hear each other out, and he'll he'll probably end up convincing me that. We wrote a one-page
3: partnership agreement when we started out. Yeah. It had a formal dispute resolution procedure, which we never had to resort to. But it has to do with scheduled discussion, time off, scheduled discussion time off, and then appealing to a third party that we both agree with if we can't come to an agreement. Okay. but well, We
2: haven't has, had to do that,
1: so.
0: Yeah. It basically allows you to let this team, like. I'm <laughs> yeah. like I, mean, cause, I mean, 50-50 partnerships are, are hard. Like, I, I used to be in one, and it didn't work out. Yeah, I've had an
1: unsuccessful couple of 50-50, so.
0: 50/50 partnerships before.
1: Well, that's cool. I'm glad it's working. He, he really likes this 99 one. When, like, <laughs> it, works, it works out really well for him. <laughs> <laughs> Come here, buddy. Okay. He's like, actually, it's okay. just 100%. <laughs> yeah, it's, okay, it's 100 man. to zero.
2: He likes me to think I have one. <laughs> well, you, no, you, you have one.
0: I'll own 49% of something you own one day.
2: <laughs> All right. Or
0: yeah, but that means you have to lose 49%. Or, like, or nothing, I mean.
1: It'll know. be the bar. The bar? Yeah, it'll be the How bar. How much
0: percentage are you give me in the bar?
1: Give? Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. How much do you gonna give
1: me? How much will you <laughs> buy? I'll, I'll let you. Yeah, I'll let you drink for <laughs> free. So
0: what? You let me drink for free? Yeah. Oh, that's a good deal. Oh, are we gonna have competing bars?
1: No, I want bar. no, 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 yeah, no. This okay. is your bar that I'm assuming I'm gonna own. Anyway, <laughs> so there's there's a lot of change that's happening in Gainesville. A lot of development and stuff like that. Do you see that as like an opportunity? Are you getting like in get on it? Is it a chance to like kind of get solar where maybe it wasn't before? I,
2: I guess any any new building is a chance to put solar on it, right? Um, yeah, there's, there's opportunities. I, I think more, th- there's some limitations on the legislative side. There's things that prevent developers from wanting to put solar on buildings uh, in general when they're building them. You know, there's all these budgetary constraints, and the way that it's looked at is more of like, like a frill or a, a, an additional thing, and
1: so as soon as something comes up, solar is like the first thing that gets chopped. The laws are so damn confusing, too. I mean, like it seems like there's a solar amendment on the ballot every single year, and you get the people that like are solar proponents that are like, yeah, 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 and then you hear somebody say, oh, no, but don't vote for that because it's tied to this thing that's completely different. Yeah, of course. And I mean, that's politics. That's how amendments are, but, typically. But it's really confusing mm-hmm. uh, to, to understand where to go there. Um, I don't really have a good example. It just seems like that happens every every year.
2: There's a couple there were a couple in one year, that's probably why it feels that way. Because it, and they're like one was good, one was bad for the solar industry, and they're both promoted by you know, the bad one was promoted as being really good by the utility industry.
1: And uh it was very confusing. Even the vote yes versus vote no gets yeah. kind of like yeah from a connotation standpoint. Yeah. Do do the other firms, whether you're competing firms or something, do you kind of universally agree on what's good and bad for the industry or is there dissension there no, too? No, I think
2: there is, a, I think there's probably a pretty universal agreement on on the amendments and, and what needs to be done in, in general in the industry, regardless of our competing nature.
1: So if you're a solar proponent, is there like, can you just go find out what PPM thinks you should do and be like, mm-hmm. okay, those guys say, vote for this. and Generally opening the marketplace up for uh, de-
3: deregulated cogeneration, whether that be solar or otherwise, is important. And, and, and that in turn will bring some sort of energy policy to the state, because we don't have an energy policy at the moment. So having anything to do with ability to resell or generate your own electricity um, would be good for the state. So that's how you can pretty much identify
2: any one of those. That's what I was getting at with the developers. So if the developers could build a building, put solar on it and know that they can sell that electricity directly to the tenants, they would do it all day, but they're not legally legally they can't sell that electricity. They would be considered a utility. They'd have to go through all the process of regist- it's just not worth it. I don't even think they'd be able to because it's impossible for them. Yeah, there would be um, th- there's monopolistic territories right. for utilities in this, in the state. So that you know, that's one thing a lot of solar companies and Uh, people are proposing or uh, proponents of is deregulation of the grid to where you'd be able to sell that electricity anywhere. So there would be a, you know, the grid would be a full open marketplace where, you know, I could sell my solar power to somebody down in Miami. You know, the biomass facility, if, if Jerry, you wanted to sell that electricity to somebody in the panhandle, they could now. The way it is, it's, it's pretty much each, each utility has its own territory that they can sell within.
3: And there are price-controlled pockets, which puts essentially ratepayers at a disadvantage um, on a large scale.
1: Does it ever feel like we're close to that deregulation, or does it feel like just always an uphill battle? I think it,
2: it it's like a five- to ten-year thing, I think, if it's going to happen at all. Um, it, it just depends on how the utilities, I think, adapt to the changing grid because there's a lot of, and Alex knows a lot more about this—the virtual power plants and and different, uh, you know, batteries, electrification, different areas of the grid that are being uh, modernized for more energy management. You know, the utilities are becoming more energy management entities that help direct the flow of electricity and where it needs to go, and they maintain the grid, but they're not necessarily generating all the power. Um, so them moving from generators to, to managers I think is w- what's gonna happen eventually.
3: It's kind of like moving from a hotel to Airbnb where you get a fee from everybody. <laughs> yeah. um, so there's probably four or five levels of energy deregulation. You know, One is we have no net metering, you're not allowed to sell your electricity if you want to generate, we may allow you to interconnect but you have to store your own power and use your own power, that's kind of the low level. And a couple of states are still doing that but I think by a few years from now, the entire US will be walking away from that model. The second one is we're gonna take your power um, and credit you back and forth. So if you have access throughout the day, you can use us as as your free battery, you can use your credit at night. So that allows the energy generator to capitalize on every kilowatt hour that's generated. Uh, The third model is virtual net metering uh, where I could have two facilities and I can take put a solar system on facility A, and offset electric wheel at a facility B. This one may have wonderful, beautiful flat roof, and this one is urban, but I'm generating on the same grid, so I should be able to benefit, and I should, through contribution to the grid. Uh, And the fourth model is the virtual power plant. Ironically, one of the largest cities in the U.S. is moving in that direction. Los Angeles currently is working with Sunrun um, to create a very large distributed power plant, virtual power plant where every home can be controlled by the utility to some extent and every home is allowed to sell power. Essentially, if you have a bunch of battery backups uh, spread geographically over a large area, you can manage their existing energy generation and energy storage instead of trying to supply the base load through a singular power plant and that is a very new concept, it's not very well studied, but it's already alleviating some of the problems they've been dealing with, with large development of solar, such as what, what to do when the sun is not out, what to do when the clouds come over, what to, on a very large scale, mm-hmm. megawatts and megawatts and megawatts, um, and storage allows to buffer that. Now with electric cars coming online and electric cars becoming best-selling cars, it's likely that we're gonna have bidirectional charging, which means every car can be a battery for a home. In Europe, in several areas, bidirectional charging is already getting widespread. But if you think about it, a Model 3, a $35,000 electric car, has a week worth of electricity in it for a house, Dang. and you can tap into that. Imagine if you can use that as your backup.
0: I got you. So you plug your car up to your house, and you're powering right. your house. Right. Exactly. Well, the solar
2: can can charge the batteries, can charge the car. If you have a power outage, extended period, or if you're not even connected to the grid, you can be completely sustainable.
0: And this is already happening in Europe, you said? Yes,
3: and in specialized developments here in the U.S. as well. So you can achieve pretty high level of autonomy if you have large storage and substantial generation. Now imagine this guy goes out for a vacation. Now you have maybe 30 days, you know, a few weeks of excess energy that can be sold. So the utility could essentially transfer it across the street with very little distribution cost and charge a fee for it. And
0: Now, are most of the, the homes and stuff, I mean, are, are you usually using up most of what you consume in a month, or like what you bring in in a month?
3: Currently, the solar system are, the solar systems are sized not to exceed the needs of a home, so okay. they'll basically offset what you need gotcha. and not more than that.
0: So what is, I mean, now I'm going off in a different direction a little bit. Um, you know, what is it like a company like Disney World Has right, like they just didn't they just like create like some solar. I mean, I think I've seen them. It looks like Mickey Mouse. (laughs) Yeah, like it's like the logo, and it's like on, you know, a piece of land. I mean, and are they power? Are they powering? Able to power their Um, park? That that
3: that solar plant went up uh, about three years ago, Jason, I believe. Um, but it's Probably still very five. marketable. Yeah, it's still very marketable, it's, it's, it's a cool concept. Uh, generally following Disney, I would say that they are solid in their environmental commitment. I saw them building out large scale power plants. They're much bigger than that Mickey Mouse. That Mickey Mouse is really cute and that's what gets on the news but they actually have much bigger development.
0: For sure. To uh, so no
3: offset off. their use and I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't are, be surprised if they? they'll
0: be. Do you know if they are like completely offsetting their uh,
3: use? I don't believe that they are completely sitting it but i know they have a pretty audacious goal set up yeah, that's cool. uh, to be uh, net zero in, in in the foreseeable future and Disney's
2: so huge i mean yeah. so many industries that they cross into so it would be you know that one farm is not doing it but no, you know sure. they may be offsetting a percentage of uh, their theme parks with that farm or something like
0: that's that it's still cool that they yeah. are making that kind of commitment yeah and absolutely that up. i mean
2: it that's what it takes is companies like that to make this commitment to get everybody else to kind of join in. What do well, you
3: the largest user of solar is Walmart. Yeah. Uh, is it? So yeah, they know hmm. they, they, they know how to count money. So then we have Walgreens, Macy's, like the names that you know. They're the largest users of solar energy right now.
1: So right. Where's, the, where's the biggest kickback then? Because if I mean you talk about Walmart knowing how to count money, if if it's lucrative from a financial aspect, why aren't more people getting on board?
3: It's the adoption curve. It takes a while to build momentum. Even if something's really good and works really well. It, it takes time Is to build inertia. Di- Is it
1: dinosaurs? Is it like people that are making these decisions for these corporations that are just like, oh, but coal, or I mean. There's some of that, definitely. And there's also,
2: you know it's, there's a lot of things that you can, pre- with solar you're really looking at prepaying for your electricity. And getting a substantially lower rate by prepaying. So that's kind of the mindset you need to take. I think a lot of uh, Americans are in the mindset of a month to month, payment type of plan, if I could save, if I if I can break out this massive payment in, in monthly terms, mm-hmm. then I'll do it. But, you know, you start talking about, oh, buy your electricity 20 years in advance, people are like, whoa. It's I, a
3: rent versus own issue. Yeah. You can own your own power plant, or you can rent a piece of a power plant every month, so.
1: That's interesting. Is it like stability, so say say you do that investment, and you said, you know, it, it's a 20 year thing, right? And then you end up relocating, is that is that value you get to, to keep and resell. You know what I mean? Like, say, Yeah, say because the, of the value of the house. building goes up because now it's got a, an,
2: an asset that generates revenue or, or offsets an uh, expense, which is similar to generating revenue. Um, you, you get tax credits, you get depreciation. So there's a lot of uh, stuff on the front end that gets offset. So if you're in a building for only a couple of years and you move, you can typically recoup, uh, recoup the entire cost and get some benefit on top of it.
3: Since we're talking dollars and cents, imagine you have a new home that's built by a builder and cost of ownership of that home is a mortgage plus utilities plus property tax plus you know HOA fees, whatnot. If you put solar on that home, it actually lowers the cost of ownership if it's rolled in the mortgage. And a factor in Florida right now with our resources is one to three. So for every 50 bucks you put into a solar system, you get $150 benefit per month. So And that's before you take the tax credit. So, and uh, solar systems are warrantied for 25 years, so they're truly a 30-year asset. So if you couple it with a new home, new roof, new mortgage, you get yourself a substantial reduction of homeownership, property value goes up, the equity goes up, and it just helps everyone. The builder or the homeowner can take the tax credit. It's a wonderful value proposition. But adoption is not easy. Uh, Speaking of development, it's a bittersweet feeling, right? We have all these homes uh, now, Uh, expanding out west um, towards Newberry. We have communities building out towards Newberry. And yes, we're gonna gain some strength in numbers as a community, and it's great, and home ownership is wonderful. Um, But it would be really cool to see a better thought out um, kind of long-term vision for the community as a whole. And that that would include sustainability as well. Builders are really good about doing what they like to do, what works for them. I don't know if you've ever been to a home uh, build, builder's office. It's like a war zone. Everything is on schedule. Everything is by the minute. We've done new construction with a lot of guys out there. And any change just trickles down. So they don't like change. Yeah. And solar means change.
0: I think I mean I was going to say I think a lot of it is a little bit of just the fear of the unknown. Yep. You know, it's like ah, uh, I mean, you you have that. They don't want to they don't want to change like ah, uh, like bringing this in. Yeah, sure it could be, you know, Sustainable and sure, it could you know add value to our clients. Oh, From their like, perspective, the it's not broken, is, yeah. Why fix it, right? Right, right, right. right.
3: But we know deep yeah. down, we know yeah. that the whole thing is broken.
0: How much of it do you think is like, well, this is still a growing industry, there's still change? I mean, like things like, yeah, I mean, uh, hey, Elon Musk, right? I mean, he put he has some sort of house that where the actual Tiles of the house. Right. You know, it's solar, solar. Like, is that the direction that we're going? Are people like looking at that and saying, uh, you know, maybe we should just wait till that comes out? No,
3: <laughs> we are not going in that direction. That product is awesome and it's going to have its use. But where we're going in reality is it's west to east trickle down policy now, where in, in California, you can't build a new home without solar on it. That's how they decided to crack, basically, crack down on irresponsible de- energy development. They're like, okay, if you want to build a home, you have to generate power with it. it will, we won't issue a permit without it. That's cool. and, and some counties in Florida actually are uh, doing the same thing. I think North Miami Beach.
2: Mm. Yeah, I, I believe
3: so. Um, Beach. Starting 2020, you can't build a home there without a solar system.
2: So Unfortunately, there's nowhere to build homes there anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Every square inch is taken up. But. Right. Cool, no, but it is a, it is a good initiative. And, and uh, and to answer your other question, there are some people that do want to wait. I mean, that, there's always people. That, I guess they're the late adopters that that don't. You know, they're like, oh, there's always going to be a better cell phone. That's the guy with the flip phone still. I, I don't want to get the new iPhone because there's they're coming out with a new one. It's like, yeah, but you got a flip phone. It's That's, like, a <laughs> That's
3: a great analogy.
1: That's a great analogy. You got one back on them.
2: Any phone, <laughs> any phone you get is going to be ten thousand times better. Get get an iPhone three. It'll be right. better than that phone. So. Yeah, we do see a lot of that. There are people that are like, oh, well, I heard about these roof tiles, and it's like, yeah, but they cost like. There's cost of doing
3: nothing. You wait five years; it would have paid for itself by then. All okay. of a sudden, you're starting from scratch. You could have made a positive impact on your environment and your
0: your wallet. I mean, you're you are developing a market. You have to. You have to, You have to educate. I mean, you know, and it's so hard to do. I mean, even like when I look at the early early days of new scooters yeah. for less, I didn't think that was gonna be super hard to do. But yeah. we had we had people coming in and students I mean, this was students would say, um, hell no, mom and dad, I'm not gonna be caught I dead on think that scooter. That thing is dorky. I'm not gonna be on a scooter. <laughs> yeah. And, I, and I'm sitting there saying, thinking to myself, will you shut up and let your mom buy you a scooter? <laughs> I mean, but it's true. Yeah, yeah. And, and I realized yeah. I was like, dude, we have we have to, we have to change the perception. Yeah. We have to educate people that we're not selling them a scooter; we're selling them their time back. Yeah. Or you know you're you're waking up in your apartment, walking downstairs, getting on your scooter, and going straight to class. You're yeah. not waiting for a bus. You're not circling the parking lot looking for uh, a parking place. You know. And so we knew that we had to to really change that. Now yeah. here we are, 15 years later, have effectively done that. So yeah. now it's like now people show up and go. So they look out on campus they go I need a scooter I need one like like it's just like there's so many scooters. like I need I obviously need a scooter there's scooters everywhere and then and then now that especially from a media marketing strategy it's completely changed it's all brand awareness yeah. we, we just want it we just want you like okay I need a scooter who sells scooters top of mind new scooters for less like mm. that's you know so where we were really like pushing and trying to educate people and market that like hey we're selling you your time back we're doing this and that when we were really pushing that now it's just completely changed now it's just like Oh, oh I'm a student. I need a scooter. Where do I get it? Being top of mind.
3: So identifying the business you're really in at that time when you were educating folks yeah. was really important. And, and I
0: think you it sounds like you guys are still very much in a um, you know, hey, we like we gotta continue we gotta educate our customers, we gotta educate our customers, we gotta educate our customers because yeah. there's just still so many questions.
3: Right. right? And solar is, is is written into construction industry and service industry, but it's not what will happen if this wonderful, crisp air conditioning goes out? What would be your first thing? You call somebody, right? You call the AC man. Well, I'll cry the, first, but yeah. right there you go. Uh, nobody calls a solar guy. There is no emergency. There is no discomfort. Yep. Nobody wakes up in the morning. Oh, I need a solar system right now. You know, yeah, it's exactly. something that you have to bring
0: to people. That's really. That's we're trying to make it painful. <laughs> <laughs> well, and
3: I think the Earth will do it for us over yeah. time. Yeah,
0: sure. I mean. It's 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 super. It's definitely a super interesting business. I mean, congrats on the success so far, and, and definitely the, the perseverance. Yeah, that's, that's really really awesome that you guys uh, were able to to get through those challenges. Um, you know, we, we do need to wrap up. So, like, why don't you tell everybody like where they where they can find you, how they can connect with you, whether it's social media, email, whatever you want to give them. Web- well, website.
3: Um, we are at uh, w w. <laughs> W dot PPM like power production management dot solar. Uh, PPM dot. Oh, they solar. got dot
2: solar uh,
0: yeah. domains now. That's yeah. cool.
2: They got dot everything domain.
0: <laughs> I dig
2: it. That's three Ws, by the way. <laughs> All right. No one my people used to Austin do that dot solar just so I had it.
3: Right. <laughs> on Facebook, we're at <laughs> too. on Facebook we're at Sun PPM.
0: So okay. Cool. Well, you guys, I mean, you have any last? last nah, I'm things? saving the
1: rest of mine for the side hustle. <laughs> okay,
0: so you guys, I mean, hey, that's a good thank you. We we have brought the side hustle back, um, but we are recording them for a future Patreon page that is going to be going up because we're gonna have some exclusive behind the scenes content. One one of the things that we want to do um, is, is start <laughs> generating some revenue for this podcast, so that way it will. Be able to be self-sustaining and move on. So we're going to end up creating a, a Patreon channel where we're going to have a whole bunch of different exclusive swag and a whole bunch of things coming. It's it's I don't know if it's going to be ready by the time this episode comes out, but um, but we are it, it's definitely moving along and so. The side hustles will be on there, which is just uh, behind the scenes. A couple more questions that, that I have for you guys, and we'll record those next. But thank you so much for coming on to the That's podcast. Awesome. Yeah. And, thank you guys. And Thanks video. for having This really awesome. is a lot of fun. It's super interesting, and I wish you the, the very best moving forward. Thank you guys. Good? Thank you. This is the WHOA GNV podcast, the podcast bringing you businesses and individuals that make you go, whoa. 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 <laughs> we'll see <There's-> you later. <laughs> Bye. Yeah.